You're listening to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. All right, and welcome back to another episode of She's a Powerhouse. Today we have Sadie Glenn on with us, and she owns Rose and Roses here in the upstate. So she's where I am, which is always very cool. It doesn't happen very often on the show, but it did happen this time, and I'm loving it. So she's a local business owner who does yarn and fibers and dyes them and makes them and um oh patterns. And it it sounds like it started with making some like plushies and has turned into a thousand things, which is absolutely amazing. And she just opened a storefront. She posted on Facebook. I'm not sure why we're friends. Not like, I don't know why I'm friends with this woman, but I don't know how I found her. She posted on Facebook about her story and I couldn't help myself. I absolutely had to have her on her show because it was so inspiring. So Sadie, thank you so much for agreeing to hang out with me today for she's a powerhouse. We're really excited to have you. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm really excited to do this. Fantastic. So I want to start with, tell me a little bit about Rose and Roses. Okay. So, um, Rose and Roses was an accident, total accident. I did not set out to start a business, which is kind of my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, when we had our final child, we decided to cloth diaper. That was something that I had just recently kind of heard about. Didn't really know it was still a thing. Saw some of the more modern cloth diapers, super cute. I was like, oh, this is such a great idea. We should do this. Well, in the cloth diapering world, there are these things called woolies. Um, They're little pants and shorts and little skirts and, you know, things like that. And they wear them over the cloth diapers. They're made out of wool and they are water repellent, you know, so that they don't leak through. So I wanted to get some of these for my sweet baby girl, Rose, because they are adorable. Even the pre-loved, that's what they call them. They're not used. They're pre-loved. Right. Even the pre-loved longies and shorties were like 50 and 60 bucks a piece. And I was like, wow, no. So um, I learned to crochet. I'm self-taught. Um, I learned from some books wanted to make some for her myself, thought maybe that would be a little bit more special, was really excited once I figured it out and started making things for her. So I posted them on Facebook to my friends and family, not trying to sell a thing. Just, hey, look what I made. Isn't this so cute? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to go get more yarn tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to make some more. Well, then people were like, hey, that's really amazing. Do you think you can make some for my baby? Sure. Let me work up a price. Hey, do you make stuffed animals too? I would love a stuffed animal for my baby for Christmas. Sure. Let me find a pattern. Total accident, total accident. It was like no time at all. I had to have like a Facebook page to keep all of the orders straight. I had to draw up a document to put everybody's information into it. I had to learn how to do shipping from my home with a scale and a printer. And I, it just, it was just like this snowball effect. It was just crazy. That's amazing. And now was it last year or this year you opened up a storefront in Seneca? Is that right? Yeah, Yeah, Seneca. That's right. Um, it was September of 2020. So like a total psychopath, it was like right in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, Hey, I should sign a lease. (laughs) That's I'm sure you got really cheap real estate though, because of all times, right? That was, we've been talking lately. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking so much lately about how cheap money is right now. Like everything storefront wise or like investing in small business kind of stuff is actually 
as, as crazy as it sounds, because so much stuff has happened so quickly, it's a, it's not a bad time to be looking at things like, like a storefront and you do, I mean, tell me about deciding, okay, I, I, I will completely level with you. I do this stuff. Like at some, I'm, I'm a business strategist, right? Like I'm not a crafter, but sometimes for funsies on the weekend, I make paper. Like at some point I saw somebody do it and I was like, I bet I could figure that out. And so then I make paper and then I make journals, yeah, <laughs> paper, stuff like that. So I at what point paper, I should totally buy some of your paper sometime and make some yarn out of it. Very, I'm going to, I'm going to turn scrap paper into real paper. And then you can turn my real paper into yarn and then I'll buy your yarn back and use the strands in my paper. <laughs> just keep, yes, this is great. <laughs> just keep rolling with it. I love this. <laughs> at what point did you look at the yarn you were making and go, I bet I could make some of this. Uh, yeah, you know, um, that was another thing that I kind of tripped and fell into because I joined Ravelry.com. Ravelry is where you can find a lot of different patterns and stuff, some of them for free. They do knitting and crocheting and stuff. Um, but then they also have forums. So I dove into the forums and I'm like part of a crochet board and part of a knitting board and part of a pattern board. And they have spinners. And I was like, oh, people still do that? Like, really? I didn't know that was still a thing. I thought spinning wheels were just for decoration now. So there's a group of hand spinners who use drop spindles. Like it's literally something that's like this big and you hook it to some fiber and you spin it with your fingers and you can make all the yarn in the world off one of these little drop spindles. And I thought that is wow that's like really extra okay so i should learn how to do this just so i could say that i can do it and it is so much fun oh it is so much fun and i make like oh you know not to toot my own horn but like i spin the prettiest yarn and i just love it and hand spun yarn is not like anything you can buy at the store it's just a whole different world oh i'm dying to come see this stuff now i was not planning on just like making a trip to seneca but you better believe it's happening at this totally point <laughs> Totally. And there's always coffee in my shop. So come to my shop and I'll give you some coffee and we'll, oh, yeah. And I'll bring my sister who knits and we'll just have a good old time. I'm so yeah. excited. She, for real. She loves it. Um, okay. So I love, I, I feel like we're feeling the, the fairy tale ending of a, a really amazing story because what drew me to you in the first place was that you made a post that said, I'm so many years clean. And so I started mm -hmm. digging and you know, I'm going to dig into that story because A, I love a good Cinderella story, but B, I want to talk about how real of a human you are that like all these accidental things happened and you opened a business and it was great, but life's not just been easy. Tell me about getting into kind of, kind of lead me through growing up and what led you into the addiction that you dealt with. Sure. Okay. So First of all, and I just want to get this right out on the table for anybody else who second guesses themselves because they may have the same thing going on here. I'm a high school dropout. I would add to that that I am a proud high school dropout. If I had it to do over again, I would have dropped out a year sooner. <laughs> I my love it. got my GED when I was 18, took all of 20 minutes. Easy. So easy. So a lot of people thought I couldn't do anything with my life because not only did I not go to college, I don't even have a diploma. Okay. Hi y'all. So anyway, <laughs> besides <laughs> being a proud high school dropout, um, I also got into drugs um, when I was about 17. Um, I did all manner of things just for the fun of it. Um, if you've never done drugs before, let me go ahead and tell you, they're not actually fun. Okay. Not really? You think you're having fun when you're on them? 
that's because you're high. Okay, they're not fun. Um, anyway, so I I got a hold of a bunch of different things to try them to party to experiment. Yay! Well, one of them got a hold of me, and um, yeah, it can happen to anybody. You might think you're playing around, but it does not play. So myth, yeah. I was like mm, 82 pounds and my hair was falling out at one oh point. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, when I was like 21, it was, it was a bad time. But I realized where I was because thankfully a friend of mine, his stepdad saw me out in public one day and held the door for me. Hey, how you been doing? I'm good, how are you? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm great, good to see you. Good to see you too. This friend calls me that night, upset. Oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? What are you on? Are you okay? I'm coming over. Oh. Huh? <laughs> so, you know, he gets there and, you know, his, his stepdad, like, you know, apparently told him that I was like dying. I, I didn't know that. I was fine, you know? And I, wow, I looked in the mirror and was just like, oh, maybe I am dying. Oh my God. Like, you know, I just hadn't really noticed. So I quit cold turkey and just, just put it down. It was rough. Um, I never went to rehab. I just knew that I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I never did it again. And I've still never done it again. So from but, like 17 to 21 and then just set it down or, 20, or 22, maybe 21, 22. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I just quit. I just quit. I was like, yeah. Okay. So that was um, not fun. I'm all done. So yeah. Yeah. I quit. Um, 82 pounds and losing your hair, man. That's no joke. That's it's so it's such an incredible thought to go. I look at myself in the mirror every day. Right. And then yeah, somebody else bringing to your attention, like, that's not the way you're supposed to look, Sadie. <laughs> that's, that's not the way I remember you. What's going on? Right. And I'm like, really? Oh my goodness. Like, I just have no idea. So then looking at myself, I'm like, wow, yeah, I look terrible. <laughs> So oh, yeah, you know, I laugh about it now. It's, it's, it's really not funny. I have a twisted sense of humor. It was, it was a really, really bad time. My family was really worried about me, but, um, you know, it's water under the bridge now. Right. Right. So what did you have as far as like support system on the other side of that? What did that look like coming out? Um, are you eating? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Yeah, I had, I have more than my share of people asking those questions pretty consistently. So, you know, sometimes I would just say, I'm fine. Thanks. Other times I would actually take them up on the offers to help. Oh, um, that's beautiful. So, you know, eventually I started eating like a normal person. Eventually I started sleeping like a normal person. Um, I did get away for a little while. I moved in with a friend about five hours away who lives in Charleston just to kind of try to get back on track because the people that I was hanging out with at the time, they were not going to just stop knocking on the door, you know? Yeah. So I left no forwarding address. I just disappeared for about three months. And when I came back, they had forgotten about me by then because three months is like an eternity. So, and that was mm -hmm. good. That was fine. I was good with that. You right. know? So, so a change uh, in the environment was, was a, a part of that sort of mm -hmm. recovery for you. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So just, you know, I got a do over and I'm lucky because not everybody gets that. Accurate. That's amazing. I know I've got, I do have family members who struggle with meth as well, or extended family members on like married into the family kind of thing. And that's 
we've seen sort of some of what that can do. And it's, it's not easy. And I know, I love that you're like, I sat it down, I walked away and it was fine. <laughs> and I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, well, I, I realize that not everybody has the ability to just yeah. do that. And I don't think that that makes me any better than anybody else. Yeah. I think it's more luck than anything because everybody's mental state is different. Everyone's emotional state is different. Everybody's past and traumas and things that they've been through are different. I was able to set it down and walk away. If somebody else is not able to do that, that doesn't make them, you know, any more flawed than I was. So it's just really circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I love that. So I feel like that's an amazing story where, how old are you? I don't know how old you are. So this isn't going to give me any insight into the story at all. How old are your kids and where did they come in? And how many do you have? Cause you said when I had my last kid, which makes <laughs> okay. me think there's more than one. Obviously. Okay. So, Hey, more of my story. Let's back up. Um, <laughs> had my first kid when I was 16. So I'm, I'm in, I'm embarrassed to say that my meth addiction was during me raising a child, but I will tell you, he never knew about it. Most of what I did was on the weekends or while he was at school or after he had gone to bed, you know, like I didn't just like sit around smoking meth in front of my kid, you know, that, that did not happen. I took good care of him, but, um, I was 16 when I had him, he is 21 now and he's, he's doing pretty well. He moved away to, you know, go kind of start his own life and be his own man. And he's, he's doing well. I'm proud of him. Um, he is actually the one who named Rose and Roses. Rose as R-O-W-S as in Rose of Crochet and Roses because my youngest, her name is Rose. She's the one that started it all making woolies for her. Um, She's 10 now. And my middle child, Isaiah, he is 13. So three, three babies. Oh, so sweet. And and a little girl. That's beautiful. (laughs) And do they, they hang around the shop? Do they come yes. hang out with you because you homeschool on I top do. of everything else? Yeah. Just, just incredible. I asked before we started recording, I said, how many people are you actually that? How do okay. Just, I know you hate this question. Cause I hate this question. How do you manage that? What do you do? What's your secret? <laughs> Ooh, drama. No, um, I drink a lot of coffee. I drink a lot of coffee, but I make sure that I am done by four o'clock because otherwise I don't sleep. I do not skimp on my sleep. I will not stay up late. The kids go to bed between 830 and nine. And once I have tucked them in, because I still do that, even my 13 year old, once I've tucked them in and asked them what their favorite part of the day was and tell them that I will see them in the morning, I take my butt to bed. I go to bed. So like I'm in bed by like nine, 930 every night. I don't stay up. I envy that part of your life a lot. Actually, I would take that much sleep in a heartbeat. (laughs) Like my, my mental state needs, I'm a mental train wreck. If I'm sleep deprived, I can't be sleep deprived. That's, I, I mean, I would give up anything else, but besides sleep, I can't do that. So That's, I love that you prioritize that and that you know that about yourself. That's amazing. And so then they, uh, sorry, how old were the, the youngest is 10 and the middle Isaiah is how old? Sorry. He's 13, okay. 10 and 13. That's amazing. And they, they come and hang out with you at the shop and do those things yeah, as well. They totally work at the shop. Yeah. My, um, well, Isaiah, oh my goodness. I call him our label sticking fool because he will stick all the labels. When we get a shipment of yarn in or shipment in of needles and hooks and stuff, he gets so excited. He will stick so many labels. He stuck a thousand labels in a day one time. 
<laughs> and I'm sure holds that like a badge of honor, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So right? excited about that. Yeah. How, how do you feel like what you've done so far in life has changed how you raise the kids that you've got with you now? Um, well, we are extremely honest in this family. We do not hold back. We talk about everything, especially the things that are uncomfortable or considered taboo. Because if the kids don't get answers from me, they will get them somewhere else. And the answers they get elsewhere may not be correct. So we discuss everything. We discuss politics. We discuss religion. We discuss sex. We discuss drugs. We discuss every single thing pretty much ongoing. That's amazing. That open communication is fantastic. And that's, I love that. Yeah. If he, they don't hear it from you, they'll hear it from somebody. We're really similar in our house and pretty open-minded about most things. And it always throws people a little bit when like my daughter will ask me questions in public that I'll just answer. And you can see people's eyes get really wide. And I'm like, you don't talk about those things. Like, you know, they're going to hear them somewhere. And if they don't hear them yep. from you, where are they hearing it from? Right. Yep. It's right. absolutely beautiful. I love all of that. So tell me about the process of 10 years is a long time. And I know that like in the beginning, it was just kind of doing some stuff for people who are seeing it or whatever, but you've got a full fledged business. I mean, it's not a baby. It's a big old thing. Tell me about what it was like growing that and staying sane and raising kids. And I mean, that's a lot. What's that been like? Well, first of all, I just have to go on the record to tell you that I did not grow it. (laughs) I did not grow it. My people grew it. Okay. Um, People loved what they were buying from me. And so they were passing my business cards around. They were bringing their mom into the group, their sister into the group, their bestie into the group, the Facebook group. I mean, Um, and saying, you know, Hey, you know, you should do this. And Hey, have you ever thought of doing that? And Oh, you know, if you ever start this up, you know, I'm, I'm your girl, you let me know first. Cause I, I am in, and I started with crocheting and then I went to knitting and then spinning and then dyeing and then weaving and I write patterns and I teach classes and I've been published in interweave crochet magazines, we crochet magazines. I've got an ebook out in October that I signed a deal with notions crochet for that. Um, you know, I ended up deciding that I needed a website because not everybody does Facebook and I would have people asking me about things in real life or, you know, one of my customers saying like, you know, well, Hey, my sister really wants to do this yet, but she doesn't have Facebook. So, you know, so I built a website, started blogging, um, got a lot of followers from that, set a newsletter, the newsletter blew up. I got a bunch of subscribers to the newsletter and it just, it just keeps going. So like, I knew that if everything was successful, I eventually wanted to have a yarn shop because until I opened up in downtown, our closest yarn shop was a 45 minute drive one way. Um, we used to have a yarn shop here in Seneca, but they've been closed for like six years now, maybe seven years. Like, like it's, it's been a little while since they closed and it just left a hole in the community. Like, I can't tell you how many people would say like, man, I wish we had a yarn shop around here. I guess I'm just going to order online. You know, people want that. They want the community. They want to come in and get help with a project that they're struggling with or find out why they keep dropping stitches off these needles or 
you know, they found an error in something and so they can't go any further on their sweater, but they're like almost finished and they need help or they don't know how to block something. Maybe they finished their first lace weight shawl and they have no idea how to block this. We didn't have anywhere for anybody to go for this stuff. Like people are having to search YouTube for videos. And so ever since I opened my doors, like, you know, I thought I might struggle to pay the bills with it being, um, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, but it's been more like I struggle to keep my shelves stopped That's because everything is slow, you know, <laughs> like I'll, I'll make an order and it'll be two weeks before it gets here. And like things just keep being bought and leaving and people are coming in and they're like, Oh, is this all you have? What well, are these all the colors? I'm like, no, they're just I'm all trying. I have today. I'm sorry. <laughs> Right. People come oh. in and like, oh, I was so excited about this yarn, but you only have like three colors. I'm like, yeah, I carry 20 actually. So <laughs> we're just in a day or two. <laughs> oh, and what it honestly, maybe it was just happenstance and that was really good timing on your part. But the fact that during a pandemic, you open something that people can do at home, can learn new things, right? Like everybody and their dog learned how to make sourdough bread and craft. That's what everybody learned in this whole like lockdown. Right. So how fortuitous that that was the thing you were already doing. And now you have this yarn shop Mm -hmm. and I'm sure built a beautiful community before an online community before you ever opened an in-person community. Right. So now they could just have that touch point physically. What's that been like growing? Okay. So I just want to throw out there that you've managed to do something that I try in desperation to teach on a regular basis. And I feel like it came intuitively to you or like naturally to you, which is creating a space where you can be the expert, right? So like you started doing this as a look at my craft and then you got better at it. And then as you were getting better at it, you were showing other people. And now you've become sort of the expert in this tiny little niche of people who love to do this stuff with this yarn, right? And now they can come to you for advice. Yeah. And it's crazy too, because like I keep posting classes, you know, cause I, I love to teach classes. I'll teach classes on all kinds of things. And almost every single one of my classes have sold out since I opened the shop. And that doesn't surprise me at all. And you do kind of come off with this confidence of like, yes, I know what I'm doing and come ask me, but also your excitement is catching your, when you like, I, I don't do, I know how to crochet sort of like four stitches that my great grandma taught me a thousand years ago. Right. But now I want to learn how to knit anything then. I mean, really it's that's (laughs) That's what I've made so far with chunky yarn. I made baby blankets, which I'm sure is nothing like the homespun yarn. I I want, I'm telling you other things. It'll be great. Yeah. Like I, you know, I only want to do things that I'm really knowledgeable about. Like I've had people walk in and say, you know, Oh, so what about like cross stitch? What about fabric? Like, when are you going to get fabric? I'm like, I don't do that. So I wouldn't, it's not that I don't want to have things available for people. It's that I don't know enough about it to even know like what would be quality things to stock or like I would never be able to answer a question. Like if somebody brought something to me, like, you know, hey, how do I fix this? Like, I have no clue. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not a sewing shop. I am yarn specific and a lot of people who came in back at my grand opening were looking around like oh man it's just yarn like yes this is rose and roses yarn and fiber that's what we do here (laughs) because that's what I know so I want to be knowledgeable and be able to help people but like I don't know 
anywhere close to everything. I mean, I'm still learning. Um, my biggest demographic of customers are women right around 60 or so, you know, and so they've been doing this stuff for like twice as long as I have, if not more. And I'm learning things from some of my customers, you know, like little tips and tricks that I just never, never would have even thought of. The community is just, it's, it's just everything. It's just everything. The community has been like the biggest blessing of all of this to me. Absolutely. And that's again, what so many business owners, when they first start out strive for and aren't sure how to build. And it's amazing to see that you just, again, did it pretty intuitively and it grew itself and you're grateful for it. And it continued to give back to you what you were giving to it. And now look at it. Now look at it. It's amazing. It is, it is quite phenomenal and it's so exciting. And I am going to have to come visit and I'm going to bring my sister and we are going to have coffee. That Um, is, that is my plan. Because I, and I would love to meet you in person because all I know of you is your online personality. <laughs> like, and, like, and I'm really going to want to hug you. So like this whole oh, go year for it. The COVID thing has just Absolutely. been like so hard on me because I want to hug everybody. And so oh. people who don't want to be hugged are probably loving this time right now. <laughs> They're just like, stay away from me. I'm starting to get a feeling even people who aren't huggers anyway are going to want to by the time we can be with people again. And we keep right. joking about how I just miss peopling. I miss peopling and not to just like rub in how awful the pandemic has been, but I, I miss being with crowds of people. And I know we just can't right now, which is awful, but it doesn't mean I can't throw on a mask and come visit the yarn shop. That's right. So please, (laughs) please come bring your friends and we will, we will sit. I've got a nice little sitting area with a coffee table and little end tables and people bring their projects and they have coffee (sighs) and it's just wonderful. Oh, it's so wonderful. Please come join us. I would love that. Oh, I will. And I know we have lots of listeners in the upstate too. So I'm so excited to get some word out about what you're doing and, and get some more people in the shop because it is something that little places like that, where you can feel kind of homey. It always reminds me of, um, central perk in the friends series, Mm -hmm. right. Where you just kind of go with your people and sit and do your thing. Like we're missing so much of that anymore with everything being so spread out. So I'm, I'm so hoping lots of people take you up on that, that offer to come visit down in Seneca. So I appreciate you. um, Go ahead. The third Friday of every month, which we've already missed it for this month, but starting again in March, the third Friday of every month, we have stitch and chat from two to five, two to five. Yes. Just bring whatever project you're working on and bring your own chair. If you have one, because sometimes you need it (laughs) because Um, you run out. (laughs) I have seating, but sometimes we end up with, you know, 12 people, 15 people like, please, please come join us. That's amazing. I so hope that people do. Thank you so much, Sadie, for joining me. I appreciate it. For those of you who are listening, if you want to see more about her website that she built herself in her blog, I went and checked it out before we had a chat. It's amazing. Uh, It's rosenroses.com, but it'll also be in the show notes. And then Sadie and I are going to hang out and she's actually going to talk to our power players a little bit about um, some business stuff and business building. So if you want to be a power player, go to powerhousepod.co for the link to that. If you want to join us in the powerhouse, which is our free Facebook group, you can do that there as well. And then you can find all of these show notes and anything that you want to know about Sadie is going to be there. Sadie, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I cannot wait to get this show going so that people can show up to your shop in Seneca. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. It was great.